Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky on this Tuesday night. Appreciate you guys being here, hanging out. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you're listening on the website, just search Rebel Report. Subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Also, follow me on social media at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, again, all of your social media platforms, just find me there. Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. So here it is, your um, your Tuesday live chat talked about bowl game, opt-outs, and Peach Bowl, and did the live chat, Walter Nolan, stuff like that. So a really good conversation, almost an hour's worth of, uh, of live chat coming your way right now. And uh, appreciate you guys listening to this, as you always do. Don't forget, the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online. ABSMS.com is the website if you're in the market for office technology and your business is located anywhere in Mississippi. ABSMS.com is the website. Advantage Business Systems has you covered. If you tell them I sent you, you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you. For all your office technology needs, Advantage Business Systems, ABSMS.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. Got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard like there is my backyard. They make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop, so you don't need multiple apps to do everything you want to do with your money. Just an internet connection is all you need because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Again, 16 locations here in Mississippi. Join me in making them your priority bank so here it is live chat tuesday night live chat talking all things uh peach bowl opt-outs stuff like that hope you enjoy it and i'll see you guys on the next one and i want to start with uh the the topic of opt-outs and then we'll get to your comments as we always do on here but there's this is something that i've thought about a lot and what i've come to the conclusion or the conclusion that i've come to i should say is that i think that there is merit on both sides very good media guy, takesman, uh, what I should be doing, I guess, is picking a side and telling you why the players that are opting out are bums and they're not loyal and all that stuff. Or I should be defending them profusely as if they were my own children. To be honest with you, I think the truth, especially in the case of somebody like Cedric Johnson, uh, lies either somewhere in the middle or both sides of this debate are right and wrong at the same time. So Cedric Johnson, the Ole Miss defensive end, the only Ole Miss player to opt out of this game, is uh, he's opted out. He's not playing. And Cedric Johnson is not your typical opt-out. Most of the times, opt-outs are guys that are day one picks or second-round picks, guys that have uh, millions upon millions of dollars at stake. Cedric Johnson, not exactly uh, that guy. I mean, I, I think that he's going to be on an NFL roster next year. I think he's going to be drafted, but he's certainly not a first-round guy, not really anything close to that, but has still chosen to not play uh, in the in the Peach Bowl. So 
I have myself never been in, in his position where all he really has to do at a bare minimum, so at the lowest amount, all he has to do is show up to draft week physically intact, and he will be at least a few hundred thousand dollars richer. If he has a really good week at the Senior Bowl, it could possibly be a little bit more than that in terms of uh, in terms of a contract. But he is at a minimum, if he shows up healthy, a few hundred thousand dollars richer if he just shows up healthy. And I have never been faced with a decision like that before in my life. I've never been told physically stay intact, and and if so, you will get what would be for me and for most people life altering money. Never been faced with that decision. I can't say that I would make a different decision than him if I've never been faced with it myself. I also do not believe at all that people that opt out or transfer or whatever, are it's a display of poor character. I hate when people say that. I think it is really not rooted in reality. When you talk about players transferring from one school to another and you talk, you question their loyalty and character, you are the joke, not the player. But in this case, I don't know anything about this individual player's life or any college football player's life. Some of these guys grow up you know, with a lot of money and, and stable houses and stuff like that. And a lot of these guys don't. This is just a general statement. Some of these guys grow up with parents that can't afford to pay their bills. And so they, they see the opportunity to make money to help mom out or help dad out or help some of these guys are financially responsible for their siblings or some of them have children or whatever. So I'm not in these players' shoes, so I'm not going to point the fingers and call a player that opts out of a bowl game a bum for not making that decision. All of that, it, it, to me, is true. But in especially in this NIL era where players are drawing salaries to play for these schools now, and I know it's it's not a salary. It's their name, image, and I, I get it. But they are professionals now. And in my opinion, as a general principle, if you are a paid professional, if you are getting paid a salary to play football for Missouri or Ohio State or Ole Miss, and there's a game on the schedule and you are healthy, you should play in that game. And yes, I know. Trust me, I know that the NFL money is so much greater than that of the NIL money. Regardless of what people say on the internet, don't believe what people say on the internet. NFL players are making more than college players. The the NFL money is significantly larger. However, if you sign a contract, which is what these are, and you are drawing a salary every month, you're getting paid every month to, to play for Ole Miss, you should play for Ole Miss in every game that they have. And please... I I don't want to hear the, this game is meaningless. It's just an exhibition. Because, number one, this game, the Peach Bowl, has meaning. Is it the national championship? Is it the playoff? No, it's not. But if you look at this game and the opportunity in front of Ole Miss, and you tell me that there is no meaning to this whatsoever, I think you're wrong. I simply think that you are wrong. History is on the line for Ole Miss as a program. They've never won 11 games before. Here's the opportunity for them to do that. They will be on a national stage against a big brand. Winning this game would finish the season in the top 10. History, all that. This game has meaning. There's a reason it's sold out, right? This game has meaning. 
It is meaningful to say it matters not at all. And it's just an exhibition. I cannot buy into that myself. I don't agree with you. This game has meaning. But if this game is meaningless, then explain to me, if this is just an exhibition with no meaning and nothing on the line, then tell me what the Louisiana Monroe game for Ole Miss was in late November. That game mattered, apparently. That game had meaning, but number 10 Penn State in it sold out Atlanta with the chance to win 11 games for the first time in program history has no meaning. I don't subscribe to that. I know, again, I know the money's different, but the Carolina Panthers players, for example, I know they're getting paid more, but the Carolina Panthers have two more games left. They're going to play in it. Their starters are going to start. They're going to play. These next two games are completely meaningless for the Carolina Panthers. But they're on the schedule, and their professionals and their contract says that they have to play. I think if you are a, a player as a general principle, if you're under contract at your school, which is what they are now, you should play in every game that is given to you on the schedule, even if it's a, quote, exhibition. Because I promise you, this exhibition means a hell of a lot more than, again, Louisiana Monroe in late November. So I understand the decisions. I get why players opt out. I understand it. I am not going to call into question the character of a player that chooses not to because I don't know the situation that they are in. So I get it. I understand. The decision makes sense. All that. But also as a general principle, I think that they should play in the games, especially now that they are professionals under contract. So I know that is talking out of both sides of my mouth. I know that that is... Not what uh, a media person should do or an opinion guy should do. I should ha- take a stance, pick a side, and tell you how terrible he is or how great he is and no in-between. But frankly, I think it's a nuanced conversation that deserves a little bit of context and understanding. So there you go. There's my spiel. Let's get to your comments now, and uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about whatever you guys want to talk about here on this chilly Tuesday night. I've got house shoes on right now because my feet were cold. That's kind of. Uh, where we are at the moment. So here we go. Uh, Tim says, I'm so ready for the Peach Bowl. I am too. I'm I'm really excited to watch this game, Tim. I think that you've got two programs that are really excited to be there. I mean, unlike Georgia and Florida State, where Georgia's got players opting out now, Florida State's going to be down like 17 starters or whatever it is in, the, in that game. I mean, that game is meaningless and, and useless uh, considering what Georgia and Florida State uh, we're playing for on championship Saturday and what happened to Florida State and the opt-outs and all that. Um, th- I mean, that that just stinks. And, and neither team n- and neither fan base really wants to be there. I'm sure they'll go enjoy the trip or whatever and, and have a little mini vacation. But the Peach Bowl is going to be a wild environment. Penn State fans are going to travel extremely well there everywhere. It is a massive, massive fan base. And they see it as an opportunity, and the same that Ole Miss fans do. You you get a, a chance to win 11 games, have a really good season. Uh, I mean, Penn State, uh, they, they appear to be really locked in on this game, and as does Ole Miss. I, I mean, Lane Kiffin, if you believe what coaches say at press conferences, which it shouldn't be a, a thing that you you know do often, but it appears that Kiffin and Ole Miss really understand the opportunity in front of them and and want to win this game. So you've got two locked-in teams and two really jazzed-up fan bases in a sold-out environment. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome on Saturday. 
You're going to bet money. Football tickets are going to be more expensive next season in Oxford. Yeah, you can take that. No pun intended, but now that I've caught myself, I might as well say it. You can take that to the bank. Yeah, yeah, they they will be. I mean, there there's more on the line, and it's going to be a, a higher demand. So um, if there's more demand, prices are going to go up. It's just how it is. Excited to see how this season plays out with the playoff, but can't help but already be looking forward to the SEC madness next season. Yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> I've had to stop myself from future tripping, uh, frankly. It's uh, it's something that I tend to do very often. But yeah, next season, Benjamin, is going to be outstanding, especially here in, in this state. So, I mean, we've got Ole Miss with a ton, a ton, a ton of hype going into this offseason, especially if they can find a way to beat Penn State and win the Peach Bowl. The the hype machine around Ole Miss, justifiably so, is going to be large. There'll be a preseason top 10 team. Everybody will be talking about playoffs and stuff like that around here. And then for Mississippi State, you have a new coach, new offense, all that stuff. All all the excitement around the new is going to uh, have State fans really excited. So for the next eight months around here, People are going to be really jacked up about football, so it's going to be a really fun offseason. And oh, by the way, the aforementioned expanded playoff and Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, the new schedules, and then there's just a lot that uh, that we have to look forward to. I'm going to try my hardest to not future trip because I don't want to look past basketball. I think what we've got brewing here in basketball is going to be awesome. It's going to be really awesome, and I can't wait. You'll give me. You'll be at the game and give me a review of the stadium. Yeah. So I was catching crap today because I said that I on the inside, like from the looking from the field, looking up at the stands. I think Mercedes Benz Stadium is like kind of ugly compared to the other new dome stadiums that have built recently. Like I think uh, I think Vegas and LA and even semi older ones like Minnesota and yes, the Superdome. I think is better looking like from the field level. I don't know about the concourses and all that crap. I mean, I'm, I'm not there, so I don't know. But it just seems like Mercedes-Benz Stadium is just kind of ugly. I don't know. Maybe it's the colors. I I don't know. You are at the stadium for the Louisville game in 2021. You can say it's an excellent venue, but looking forward to actually seeing it filled up. And, yes, it will be filled up. I mean, they announced a sellout. And, again, mass, Penn State has a massive fan base, guys. Massive. Um, huge, huge, huge school. And they are really passionate about football. So, I mean, there's big schools that don't care like Penn State cares about football. Massive, massive fan base. And, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, 50-50 probably. I mean, Ole Miss has a huge alumni base in Atlanta, and it's an easier trip and all that. Yeah, man, it's going to be electric in there. Truly electric. And you don't get that that much in bowl games, right? I mean, even the Access Bowls kind of lack in electricity. I mean, you get it in the Rose Bowl some if you get the right teams, you get it in the Sugar Bowl some. Uh, but, like, look at this year's slate. I mean, you've got M- Missouri, Ohio State, and Ohio State fans are like Penn State fans. They're everywhere. Missouri's pretty jacked up for it. That could be pretty good. The tickets are much cheaper, though, than the Peach Bowl. And you've got Georgia, Florida State, which, I mean, I mean, come on. Uh, I'm not even looking forward to putting that game on. And then Oregon, Missouri, uh, Oregon and Liberty, you know? So there's not going to be very many bowl environments like this this year. What's good, T? Glad to see you. Wouldn't be surprised if NIL deals start to include deals that say a player must or would be financially compelled to play in bowls. 
And that was the the question that we had is, you know, what these deals are structured. That's the one of the problems with this era is we have no idea how much the players are getting paid. And we have no idea how much the, the collect each collective's quote unquote cap is. I mean, we have no idea. And so individual players could be getting nothing at all or individual players could have their contracts run through November. So if they're opting out of a bowl game, they're not getting paid anymore, which, you know, morally, if you're not getting paid, then I don't have a problem with you not playing if you're not getting paid. Right. So that's part of the issue here is we don't know what the deal is structured like or, or whatever, but if a player cashed their December check, cause these guys get paid monthly. If, if you cash your December check and then you don't play in December, I, I find that to a degree morally objectionable. If Cedric Johnson is the only player sitting out, that's still a big win for Ole Miss. In your opinion, opt-outs are such an epidemic, and just look at Florida State for how much some, quote, care, basically throwing their game. Bowl compensation of some kind might be a solution. I don't know, but the playoff narrative has damaged it so much. And then just wait. Just wait until the playoff expands, what what kind of opt-out situation you have in bowl games. I do think that's the next step, though, is uh, the bowl games uh, themselves offering uh, – compensation for the players to play in the games. I mean, that makes sense, right? I watched Air last night, the uh, the Michael Jordan uh, night, the courtship of Michael Jordan from Nike. And, and I don't know how historically accurate that movie actually is. I mean, it is the story, but you know how Hollywood is sometimes. Uh, but they used to have shoe deals with players where players didn't get compensated for the stuff that had their name on it. I mean, they, we're talking about professional athletes now. So Jordan was the the groundbreaking shoe deal where he got a cut of the Jordan shoes. And the reaction was like, oh, that doesn't – no, that's bad. That doesn't make any sense. So, uh, I mean, it makes sense, right, for the players to be compensated for participating in sponsored games, right? Uh, I mean, could you imagine being a salesperson and and selling ads for a company or selling a service and then not getting compensated for the sales that you make? Uh, there's commission for a reason, you know, so uh, that, that'll that probably be the next step. But you're right. I mean, Cedric Johnson being the only player sitting out for Ole Miss it, it is a win in and of itself. Penn State has also had a couple of guys choose to play in the game that could have opt out. They've also had a couple of opt outs as well. But, yeah, as I said before, the Florida State-Georgia game is a joke, man. It, it is just a joke. There, um, I'm not even looking forward to watching it. I mean, I, I'm happy for the guys that are going to get their opportunities on what can be considered a big stage, but these are two teams that just don't want to be there. And and what a waste of everybody's time uh, that game will be. So, under Kiffin, Ole Miss really has not had many opt-outs. Moore and Set are the only two that come to mind. Also, um, oh gosh, the, the tight end that... Um, oh gosh... What's his name? He's still with the Jets. Uh, you guys will tell me. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm forgetting his name, and uh, I feel stupid for that. But, yeah, he opted out as well. But, yeah, it doesn't happen much. Uh, they've they've done a really good job of keeping guys locked in and playing in these games. So, Looking forward to a better game plan from the Ole Miss staff for a bowl game. Texas Tech was a joke. Yes, it was. In the Sugar Bowl, they got whipped by Dave Aranda, and Corral got taken out because the line was terrible. I still maintain that Ole Miss wins uh, that game if Matt Corral does not get hurt. But remember that was that was when Levy was leaving, and that was that got weird. You know that got really weird uh, there at the end. So 
Yeah, um, and Penn State's defense is phenomenal. So if, if they don't look perfect offensively out of the gate, it doesn't mean they're not prepared or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, they need to. the The last two offensive bowl performances were pretty awful from, from Kiffin and staff. So current win total. But again, I think if Corral, what well, I say, pretty awful the last two years, the Sugar Bowl. That was a weird deal. I think in hindsight, they probably wouldn't have had Levy coach that game. Uh, that, that was a weird deal. And then Crowell getting hurt just ended the game uh, right there. But uh, if he doesn't, they win, I think. Current win total for 2024 Ole Miss, nine and a half, question mark. They look clearly better than 11 of the 12 teams on their schedule right now. Yeah, I think nine and a half will be the number. Uh, I would bet on the over. At, knowing what we know today, a lot of things change between now and the actual season. But uh, nine and a half sounds about right. Sounds about right. Now you've probably talked about the transfer portal ad nauseum, but did you personally see this level of success coming for Ole Miss in this class? It's okay, man. I, I don't mind talking about the portal. It actually interests me a lot. So uh, keep them coming. Uh, I did not think that – I mean – you know, Kiffin got the name Portal King for a reason. I, I figured that they were going to be successful in the transfer portal this cycle because they are, and and you know how well-funded and organized the collective is. People don't just say that. They they say that because it's true. It is a well-funded and very well-organized, which is more important, uh, collective compared to a lot of their, their bigger, quote-unquote, bigger brand counterparts. But I did not, if you'd have told me that Ole Miss was signing the number one player, the number one defensive end, the number two defensive end, the number three linebacker, the number three wide receiver, and the number five defensive back, I would not have believed you. No, I, I did not think that they were going to have this high end of success, the vastness of it. Again, three defensive linemen, the number one overall player in the portal, the number one rush end, and the number two rush end all going to Ole Miss. I, I would not have foreseen that happening. I mean, this this is a, a portal hall that is, I mean, there's a reason the country's talking about it. It's hard to believe. Now, there are some people, and I talked about it on the podcast yesterday and on the radio show today, some, I'll post the clips and all that. I don't want to get repetitive, but there are some people that are um, unable to wrap their simple minds around it happening. I, I can wrap my mind around it happening now, uh, but if you would have told me to to predict this, no, I would not have been able to predict this outcome. Uh, a really impressive job all around. Impressive by Golding, Kiffin, you, the fans funding the collective and the collective itself. Uh, everybody pulling the rope in the same direction is why Ole Miss is where they are. That is such an important thing in this era of college football. And you're seeing places like Florida, for example, not doing that. And because of that, they're falling behind. What you're seeing right now at Ole Miss is – Everybody pulling the rope in the same direction with the same goal in mind, all the way up to university leadership, not athletics leadership, but university leadership, athletic director, collective, fans, coach. All of those people are in lockstep on what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And because of that, this is the success they're able to have. You don't have that structure everywhere, including some big brands in college football. So that's that's why they're able to do this now. Ole Miss doesn't have the, the most boosters or the richest boosters, but they have boosters that are in line with everybody else. And because of that, this is the fruit of that. 
You understand both sides of the fence. On one hand, you go through 12 games with your guy, so why not finish it out? On the other hand, this is one game that can do nothing but hurt the player most of the time. What's up, guys? If you're a betting man, put your money on the Rebels this Saturday. The wave of momentum has me picking Ole Miss as a favorite. Ole Miss 34, Penn State 17. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. This is a weird line. It did come down some a little bit to three and a half I saw earlier today. Um but again, Penn State's defense, even without shop, guys, is really, really good. I mean, I, I'm I'm expecting a low-scoring game. And now that I said that, now that I said I'm expecting a low-scoring st- game, you can go ahead and count on it being 45-42. But yes, I, I expect this to be a, a low-scoring football game, but kind of a, a physical battle. And um, yeah. The Texas A&M crying has probably been the most entertaining of any fan base. I'm sure you saw the message board genius post about how A&M fans think they're a blue blood and Ole Miss has to be cheating. It's incredible the the pretzels that people will twist their minds into to <laughs> justify them falling behind. I mean, Texas A&M has had the most money and resources in college football for how long? And, and they've never won anything of value. Uh, it, it's never been a program at the top of college football, ever. It never has been. And so why they think that they should just automatically be that, despite being managed poorly, hiring poorly, yeah, they've got a lot of money, they're able to recruit players, but when you, again, manage department poorly, and you hire poorly, and you've got possibly some cultural issues, or deterrence anyway, that this is what you get. This is what they have always been. Jimbo Fisher's run at Texas A&M is Texas A&M's history. They they have not gotten any worse. This is what they are. And yeah, it's um, the the hubris. I, I don't know how the SEC hasn't humbled um, that that fan base yet, but it hasn't. And now that Texas is joining, uh, a humbling is really coming. At least I think so. Excuse me. Ten years ago, the narrative was Ole Miss is buying all these players and cheating with tons of money, and now it's Ole Miss is dirt poor, and how Podunk, how is a Podunk Mississippi team doing this? Must be cheating. It's incredible. I said on the podcast and the radio show today and on Twitter, might as well cover all bases, but it is very weird that people can see a Southern university in – with a student population of 26,000, so a, a big Southern university that deeply cares about football, with a medical school, a law school, an accounting school, an engineering school, and a business school, having wealthy alumni willing to pay for good football players. I don't know how people can't wrap their minds around that, but they can. So... Yeah, I talked about the taking out loans thing. I mean, it really takes a especially smooth brain to think that any bank would give a loan to an NIL collective to pay the players. Anyway, I, the Yaboa, thank you, Kenny Yaboa. That's um, that's it. Moncrief, an honorary captain, thought you would pay a tribute. Yeah, so if uh, if all checks out, I will uh, I'll be interviewing uh, Moncrief on the show uh, Friday. I believe is the day that uh, I requested, and uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But when that does happen, I will cut that um, and put it on, of course, the Super Talk YouTube. But I'll put it here as well. So looking forward to talking to Dante. Hopefully, that will be soon. 
closest matchup for Ole Miss. You think this Peach Bowl we've seen is probably Texas A&M? Yes, that's a really good comparison, actually. Um, I think Texas A&M has better athletes on offense, though. Um, But, yeah. Also, the fan attention is now fully looking at the Peach Bowl that Nolan committed. That feels like the last big portal guy for a while, for sure. You always love in pro sports when teams go, quote, all in to win as, to win as big as they can, even though as a state fan, you hope it fall, fails miserably. You have to respect Ole Miss for saying screw it and going all in. And, and Tucker, here's the thing. So I've had people and I've seen people say, well, 2025 is going to be a mess or whatever, or they're just going to they're going to spend all their money now and have none for later. And, you know, maybe that's possible. But if if this works, they'll be able to replenish the money because nothing is more intoxicating than your favorite sports teams winning games. Nothing is more intoxicating than your favorite sports teams winning games. Uh, shout out to the Saints for uh, keeping me sober. But um, th- there's no way of knowing really what is what it's going what is going to be the structure of college football in the future. There's no way to know. Currently, today, right now, it's crowdfunded NIL salaries for players. That is what it takes to win today, right now. That is how you win today in college football. But you've seen the head of the NCAA put out a goofy as hell proposal that makes no sense at all, and it would destroy the sport. But anyway, the head of the NCAA is putting proposals out there. You've got commissioners begging Congress to come up with a bill and they're trying and they're writing bills and things are happening and you've got court cases and lawsuits and all this stuff going on. You have no idea what the future structure of college sports and compensation and roster acquisition is going to be in the future. You have no idea. So why on earth would you sacrifice what it takes to win today for the possibility of winning in 2025 or 26 or 27, when this might not be the system then. This is the system now. So do what it takes to win right now, and honestly, forget the future. Future doesn't matter because Cory Booker is on the case, and he's going to save us all, you know? So, yeah, sacrifice the future uh, to, to win right now. I mean, ask a Rams fan if that Super Bowl wasn't worth it. Of course they're going to say it was. So if Ole Miss makes the playoff next year and hosts a playoff game and happens to win that playoff game, ask them if going 7-5 and five in 2025 would be worth that. Of course it would be. So you're still worried about offensive line depth for Ole Miss, not for the bowl game, but for next year. Yes, they have got to add more. They've already gotten one, but they've got to add at least two more on the offensive line of the portal, I think, to, to feel good uh, about the – feel good about things. I mean, that that's the last thing that they've got to really tackle, I think, is offensive line. They're pretty solid everywhere else. Now, they're going to keep adding elsewhere, too, but offensive line now is priority one for uh, for them. When NIL was first introduced, there were a lot of people saying that it would be the end for schools like Ole Miss. You always argued the exact opposite. Gone are the days of selective NCAA enforcement. Absolutely. Um, is that William? William? Oh, is that like a play on William? William? Anyway. Uh, yeah, and th- that's that's what we did on the radio show every day because you had that. Well, the rich are only going to get richer. It was literally impossible for that to happen. Literally impossible. Now all you need is commitment and efficiency to win, and you can. And 
schools like Ole Miss can get good players and schools like Missouri and Louisville can be in on all these great portal players because they have the commitment and the efficiency and the buy-in to do it. So this new era is spreading players out like never before, at least in the BCS era anyway. Players are recruits are more spread out than they ever have been, and obviously the portal is helping that as well. You don't know if Ole Miss can sustain elite portal classes year after year after year, but also talk about how they won't have anything for 2025 is short-sighted. The collective will continue to thrive as long as they keep winning. As long as they keep winning. Now Ole Miss can truly maximize without looking over their shoulders, scared of their own shadow. NIL is the best thing that could have happened to a motivated and fairly wealthy fan base like Ole Miss, for sure. Any updates on Bentley? You heard some NFL buzz, but it's been pretty silent. I've always assumed that he was going to go to the NFL because he had a good season and he has his health. Uh, but some people, I guess, are talking about the possibility of him returning, which that that would be huge, ha- having a, an RB2 uh, with the ability and the experience uh, of, of Ulysses Bentley. I guess it depends on what kind of feedback he gets from the league. But again, I, I've always assumed he was leaving because he's he's had a good year. He's put really good things on film uh, for the most part, and he has his health. And when you're a running back, that's about all you got. But um, to not have an announcement yet is is interesting for for sure. I agree with this. I, I I'm with you. I think if the NCAA investigation doesn't go the way it did, you're not as you're not seeing as a can't talk tonight. You're not seeing a fan base as motivated as the Ole Miss fan base is without the NCAA investigation. I think. The Grove Collective isn't paying all this money. A lot is coming in from donors covering contracts. Some of it. Yeah, some of it. I do agree with this. The unlimited transfers are going to be a huge problem that has to be stopped. I know you were here for me talking about how the SEC needs to essentially blow it up and uh, uh, remove football away from the rest and men's basketball as well for what it's worth. Um, Because the only way to stop unlimited transfers is to have contracts. Well, the only way to have contracts is to make them employees. Well, if you make the football team employees, you have to make all the students employees, and you can't afford that. Nobody can. Um, so it would create a mess. But that's the only way to only way to alleviate that, I think. Teams that have talent and flounder can be gutted. Look at Florida right now. Florida has talent. They floundered. Look at them now. Paired with a collective that embarrassed itself in the Rashada deal, and look at him. Yes, that is true. I, you, you must have just joined us. Lane uh, did say that Cedric Johnson is the only uh, opt out for uh, Ole Miss. If Bentley doesn't come back, they got Riscano for this situation. For sure. Uh, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if Bentley left if they went back into the portal and looked for uh, a, a late edition running back like Jim Griffin. But. I mean, if I had to guess, if the price was right, they would much rather have Bentley back uh, than than take their chance on having Quinshawn's backup be somebody who's never really played before. So, just win, baby. Always winning takes care of literally everything else. Just win. That's the only thing that matters.
Yep, and teams that bring in talent from the portal and don't work out can have those players leave a year or two later. For sure. For sure. You think Dart wants to win the bowl game and announce that he's coming back post game? That would be that would be cool. Just a uh, like a I'm back thing like Ellinger did. Right? But he said uh, Longhorn Nation, we're back, and they ended up sucking after that, and his coach got fired. But hey, you know this might not be the same thing. But yeah, that would be pretty. That would be cool. Imagine if Jackson Dart transferred to Ohio State after this year. So you must listen to the radio show because I I said that, and a couple of Ole Miss fans really, really did not like. And it was just a hypothetical. It was saying that Jackson Dart, if he. All I said was, I'm doing this here. Did I do this here too? I know I did on the radio show, and some people didn't like it. But all I said was, if Dart transferred to Ohio State, they would win every game next year by four touchdowns, is what what I said. Because he, with their talent and stuff, he would be great there. And, And their schedule, because they don't play an SEC schedule, and a lot of people didn't like that. I was just demonstrating that I think that he is a really high-level quarterback. And Ohio State did not have high-level quarterback play this year. The numbers are skewed because of weapons around him and schedule that they play. I think Jackson Dart is five times better than Kyle McCord at quarterback. That's all I was saying, and it, it did not get received well. So you're trying to get me in trouble again is what you're doing, and, and I see through that. I, I, I see through that. Georgia taking ETN was brutal for Napier. He's already done, but that's piling up. No doubt. My goodness. Especially when ETN runs for a billion yards in the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, Yeah, goodness. Um, And that's going to be kind of a funny dynamic here in the uh, the portal era, especially with interconference transfers. Like if ETN runs all over Florida, that's going to just add insult uh, to injury there. Let's pretend that Ole Miss goes to South Carolina and Juice Wells goes for 175 and three touchdowns. That's going to look really, really bad for Shane Beamer, right, if that happens. So that's kind of another, you know, if you're on the winning side of that, you love it. But if you're on the losing side of that, um, not so much. But that is a very interesting, to me, uh, layer to this is, uh, is that. Thoughts on the possibility of Brian Kelly leaving for Michigan if Harbaugh bolts? I saw that. I saw that. Uh, part of me wondered, Memphis Rebel, if that was some wishful thinking from some, some media down in Baton Rouge that are starting to wonder if Brian Kelly's going to get it done there. Because, I mean, Michigan would immediately turn around and hire their interim, right? I mean, they would just promote right from within, wouldn't they? I mean, that would make... That would make the most sense, right? I, I think, but um, no. I if I were Michigan, I wouldn't want to hire Brian Kelly. Uh, and look, I know the record is what it is, but you guys have heard me say this before. I, I kind of find him overrated. I, I've never, I've never really thought him to be great. I mean, his record is good, but. Man, when when he would get his teams would get to the highest level, they were really not competitive, and they really haven't been competitive. And here he is at LSU. I mean, losing three games with the Heisman Trophy winner, and then ending last season losing to a pathetic Texas A and M team. 
His defense has been really, really bad. It's um, I'm just I'm not as convinced that he's great the the way other people are. You heard someone say, "quote You can't build rosters off of transfers." Just ask Dion, and you had to say putting Lane Kiffin and Dion Sanders in the same sentence with portal recruiting is comical and comedic. Yeah, that that's a using Dion Sanders as your example is frankly. Just just kind of goofy. I mean, TCU made the national championship game, beat Michigan last year, had a ton of transfers on their roster. Ole Miss has won 28 games in three years. I mean, look at who on that team this year transferred in. I mean, quarterback, backup running back who ran for a bunch of yards, all three leading wide receivers, tight end, uh Starting defensive end, starting defensive tackle, multiple guys in the defensive line rotation, um, multiple linebackers, and basically the entire secondary. <laughs> Darts mentality is something Ohio State needs, too. A guy like that would change the narrative of Ohio State being soft. Absolutely. Absolutely. William, thank you for the super chat, man. I appreciate that. That is that is welcome. It is not necessary, but I thank you very, very much. You are way, way, way too kind uh, in this still season of giving. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Basketball undefeated. Morell finally playing in his ideal role, you say. Two seven-foot bigs that are hellacious around the rim. Do they pass the eye test for you? Yes, they do. Now, um, they need to rebound better. And I can't help but wonder if Cissé still kind of getting his legs underneath him coming uh, off of injury and stuff like that. But yes, I, I do. And I know the schedule hasn't exactly been super duper difficult, but I do think that this team does have every piece that can make the tournament, which would be more uh, than overachieving considering what Chris Beard took over. Yes, I, I do think that, I mean, if they can get to, I mean, can can eight SEC wins get them there? Uh, maybe not, but it can certainly get them on the bubble, uh, especially with the, the non-conference knock on wood, not losing to Bryant, going undefeated in the non-conference. Yeah, they're there. Um, they, they've got uh, gritty veterans like Flanagan, uh, who I really, really like his game, although sometimes uh, in crunch time ma- makes too many mistakes. But um, if Morell keeps this level of play up and Cissé can contribute more, especially in the rebounding, then yeah, they're going to make the tournament. Brian Kelly loses a ton of big games. He does all the time, right? And, I mean, it's not like he's been at, like, programs that don't get good talent, man. He's been at Notre Dame and LSU. It's not like he's been at, you know, Auburn, lesser programs like Auburn or Vanderbilt, where, you know, you expect to lose to the the better teams on your schedule. He loses these games all the time. I don't know. I'm just not impressed the way other people are impressed. And look, he did a really good job with Daniels, but what do they have to show for it? Nothing. How about this basketball team under Beard? They're, they already play a really fun style of basketball. and I mean, you, you can just see what competent – I don't want to – know. competent's not the right word because Kermit Davis is not incompetent, certainly not, but – how much better a guy like Morell plays with freedom. You, you see how much more comfortable he is in his role when he's not looking over his shoulder, 
when, when he's allowed to be loose and free. I, I don't know. I just I, I think that on top of the organization and the structure and, and all that, um, the mentality that they are able to play with comes from the top down. Yeah, T, I agree with you. More, more would be Harbaugh's replacement. It's not a quite. I agree with you completely. And, and you're up there in Big Ten country, so you would know this uh, better than anybody. Yeah, I, I don't see a scenario in which Michigan would hire anybody but him. And he's perfect for the job. Like, it would make sense, too. It would. So, Brian Kelly did himself a disservice in year one, beating Alabama and winning the West. Expectations will kill him. The expectations are, are that every year at a place like LSU anyway. What's more likely, Brian Kelly gets fired in three years or leaves beforehand. Fired, I think, is more likely. But I don't think either one's going to happen, but still fired. Would Ole Miss benefit in getting another big tight end? Love pre-scoring, but couldn't hurt for blocking, catching. I think that they are going to, I mean, because they've got one on roster besides pre-scoring. They're bringing another one in the, in the recruiting class, but I would not at all be surprised if, um, sorry, I lost you there. I would not be surprised at all if they added another one in the portal. But it's going to be tough to to recruit a high-level portal tight end with Prescorn being there. That's going to be kind of a tough sell because they're not going to be the guy. Prescorn's the guy. So you're going to have to find somebody with a lot of years of eligibility to, um, to, to be willing to come in and not have a starter's role. That's kind of a tough sell. Love band recommendations. I'll, uh, I'll save this. I'll save that and um, check them out. Appreciate you. Peach Bowl prediction. Uh, you're on the edge, leaning Ole Miss 27-23. Uh, yeah, 24-21 probably in favor of Ole Miss. I think they're just a little bit better offensively. And by a little bit, I mean they are better offensively. Uh, but, yeah, low scoring, close game, really tight throughout. You were at the Southern Miss game, and the alley-oop to Cissé was one of the coolest things you've seen in a long time. Wish there was a highlight of it somewhere. Yeah, there's not, because you couldn't watch the dang game on video. I was listening on my phone in South Carolina to that game, but it sounded cool. (laughs) I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was awesome. PTG Brandon, thank you, man. I I really appreciate you. That's, uh, that's, That's way, way, way too kind. Uh, thank you for the super chat, man. I, I appreciate you uh, a whole, whole lot. Worried about the offensive line in Atlanta? Yeah, that's that's a big X factor. Now, they've had time, you would think, to uh, to, to scheme and alleviate some of those issues. Uh, I would assume they would use the quick passing game a lot. Prescorn is going to have to be heavily involved uh, in this game as well, and then the backs are going to have to protect well out of the backfield because, yes, even without chop, that Penn State defensive line is – Really, really good. You build a team with recruits, not with portals. It's been proven by great coaches. Look at Saban and Smart. You build a culture with recruits, not portal players. Well, um, I mean, the portal's only been open for three years. So talking about it as if there's precedent to say that it won't work, I, I think is is an incorrect thing. But um, Max, to tell you the truth, uh, I mean – Look no further than Ole Miss right here in this state, though. I mean, Ole Miss has never won 10 games in a regular season before, and they've done it twice in the last three years. Something they've never done as a program before happened twice in the last three years. 
because they were able to get good impact players out of the transfer portal. I think ignoring those results, look at Missouri. Missouri had a historic season. They, they don't win like that very often. How were they able to do it this time? Because they used the transfer portal. TCU made the national championship last year. They don't do that without the transfer portal. And if you if you think that Ole Miss can, can recruit traditionally the same way Georgia and Alabama can, I've got news for you, buddy. They can't. So – there, there's, I mean, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it falls on their face. Maybe this is ultimately a terrible, terrible plan, and it all goes for naught. But I think you, if if you are a program like a Missouri, like a Louisville, like an Ole Miss, those three are having great success in the portal right now. Uh, it, it, what does it hurt to try to do it this way? The early returns are phenomenal. Louisville was a really good team this year. Missouri and Ole Miss won 10 games. Again, TCU made the national championship. I I can't find the fault in in what they've tried because they're not going to be able to do what Alabama and Georgia can do in traditional recruiting. Trying to do so, you're just going to lose, which, you know, you already do to them anyway. So we'll see. So Miss Team reminds you of State last year. We all expect the losses to start coming in conference play, but right now they just keep winning. Yeah, that was a really nice win uh, over Rutgers as well. State, man, that that Southern loss. If you look at State's metrics, sucker, it doesn't. It's like it's not even affecting them anymore. Thirty second in the net, I believe, is what they are. Uh, I mean, six neutral site wins, right? I think six games in neutral sites, and they won all of them including wins over Northwestern and Arizona State and, and Rutgers. and um, Chris Jans or, or whoever built the schedule did a really nice job of, of putting games in that are really going to help their resume because, again, they lost to Southern and they're 32nd in the net about to enter conference play. And so they're, they're going to win, and this game will knock them down some with uh, Bethune-Cookman, but I mean they're going to enter conference play at 11-2 and in and, and a net in the top 40. I mean, with the loss to Southern – and then Smith coming back. Can't ask for anything more. The Ole Miss basketball team's getting better each game. They did struggle with UCF, but since NC State, it's been mostly smooth sailing. Yeah, they're starting to blow people out for the first time. Neutral site games in Mississippi look so cheap, like you can't even get TV in Biloxi. Pearl baseball games are also awful. Um yeah, and uh, there, I think there's tr- there's truly no excuse uh, anymore with how easy and frankly cheap it is to put on live broadcasts. Uh, the fact that the, the the Southern Miss game wasn't on video in, in any way is that's unacceptable in 2023. It, it's simply unacceptable in, in 2023. That is an interesting one. You say hot take in four years when Dabo leaves for Alabama, Matt Luke will be hired as head coach after his second year as OC. Interesting. Florida State built up through the portal. I would rather get recruits like Bama and Georgia, but if you can't recruit with them, the portal is a great option to build your team, if not a program, for sure. Yes, I did see Texas State ran the uh, Laramie Tunsil Sugar Bowl play. G.J. Kinney's really fun. Really fun. If you think you can get to Alabama-Georgia level through the portal, it would open the door to five-star high school recruiting. You would think, you know, it's got to work first, right? But like Ole Miss, for example, getting a Walter Nolan will help also in high school recruiting. It should. I mean, the the young kids like to gravitate 
to what is like shiny and new and interesting. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. And maybe it's marginal, but I do think if you're able to get high quality portal players and you can put them into the NFL, nobody cares where players like the journey that players took to get to your school. If your school is the one that puts them in the NFL, that's what matters, right? So if it works, it should help. Lane is using both. Well, yeah, the high school class for Ole Miss this year is really, really good. Likelihood Golding gets a head coaching chance after 2024. I think, I think I could be wrong. I think that he is waiting for, uh, again, I could be wrong. Maybe an opportunity comes. I think that he is waiting for the Ole Miss job to come open. That's what I think is going to happen. So. You think the Southern loss would hurt at the end of the season if they drop a couple SEC games they're not supposed to? Oh, I mean, it's certainly going to hurt to some degree, but right now, because of the schedule they've played, they're uh, they're in good shape. Another super chat. Uh, William, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. You are being way too kind tonight. Where would I rank the Grove Collective in terms of funding, top 20, top 15? It's really hard to know. It's really hard to know, but based on what they've been able to put together, it's hard not to think that they're not a top 15 uh funded collective, right? I mean, how can you think that it's anything less than that? They've got to be somewhere in that neighborhood with, uh, with what they've been able to pull. So yeah, when you're getting the former number one overall player via the portal, you're doing something right. No doubt. If you want to get those five-star recruits, you have to have a winning tradition. The portal affords that. If you can win a playoff game or two, they will come for sure. Oh, that's a good question. I and I, I can't give you a good answer. Would Pete stay for five years if he could take over for Kiffin? If he if he knew that he was the guy, then yeah, he would wait. I think so. You feel like people forget that it's not just money for the athletes in these deals, it's also other stuff. Yeah. It's other stuff. Cars and houses and yeah, and other things, yeah. For sure. For sure. But hey, guys, I ran long tonight. I appreciate you. I've uh, I've got to run. Uh, frankly, I've got to go lay down. I've had a sinus infection from hell, and I'm finally almost getting over it. So I'm about to go chug half a bottle of NyQuil and go to sleep. So I uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, really thankful for you, especially uh, William and PTG Brandon. You guys um, are uh, are awesome. So thank you. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you again on Thursday night. So we'll do Thursday night. And then we will do a post-Peach Bowl reaction. Regardless of result, we'll do a post-Peach Bowl reaction as well. So I'll see you guys Thursday and uh, talk to you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.